Hello. Fuck. I had to. I don't know why every time I'm surprised by that intro to the <laughs> yeah. to the recap. <laughs> um, welcome to the recap. Yes, thank you. Wow, that's a good one. Podcast, you guys, powerful. Only yeah. word I could use to describe this podcast: powerful. That yeah, was great. We dug deep into, you know, our childhood traumas and like how that affects you as an adult. Mm-hmm. We got to learn more about our special guest. Yeah. Yona Dwar, the fucking, the man, the legend, the myth, uh, one of the, the key players behind, behind the house guest, which for those of you who don't know, was, you know, a pretty, a pretty Vancouver staple back in the early 2000s, mid 2000s or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's, he's uh, really kind of transitioned out of that and, and, and gone into a different route with his life and has really grown. And um, it was pretty inspirational to see someone I used to work with so closely kind of you know, Rounded. pivot from that yeah. to where he is now. I mean, he was a great person back then too, but obviously now An not in nightlife. And his, and his story about how he's met his wife, oh my God. So cute. You guys, I cried twice this podcast. Yeah, it was, so it was emotional you, for me watching him get emotional. Go fucking listen to it, man. Yeah, it was a good one. And to have some napkins with you. Either to bust a nut or <laughs> to wipe your tears. Yeah, he, we, we try to keep it. He, he has moments where he's like being genuine and, and, <laughs> and then he just throws in some cum comment. Because... Come is great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go listen to the fucking podcast. All right, bye guys. Bye. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hello Goodbye. Through an unmarked door and down a hidden stairwell lies a drinking den. This underground basement bar features seasonal cocktails, snacks from Dankmart, VIP table service, and DJs for late night entertainment. The artful design of Hello Goodbye creates a comfortable and intimate escape from the ordinary. HG is located at 1120 Hamilton and open Thursday through Saturday, 10 p.m. till late. For more information and booking tables, please email hello at hellogoodbyebar.com or at hellogoodbyebar on Instagram. Alrighty, let's jump right in, baby. So scary. I have to be big with these things. Bigger is better, always. Okay, fair. You wouldn't know. I don't. But I think your average is always good. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Hello. Hello. And welcome back to a brand new episode of PNC. Akio, what are we? Post nut clarity. Oh, baby. Yes, sir. See it? It's catching on. You're starting to sing. Well, we just had karaoke last week in Toronto, so that's why I'm still in karaoke mode. Clearly, four days later. Yeah. We're on episode 18, season two. two. We have the season one. Two? Season two? Season two. Season two. Yona, let me tell you, this, this thing has been very therapeutic for myself, being able to talk, like, uh, especially during the first part of the pandemic when mm-hmm. we were kind of isolated. It was nice to have, you know, at least one person have a conversation My with. My bubble was just a keel for like four months. Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> it was a great time. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I got into okay. experiment and everything. Like, we haven't seen each other in a long time. <laughs> I've grown since then, you know. I'm like a, I'm like a much more, much more mature person since than you used to know. No, no, since we knew each other, I haven't. Me and you used to hang out like every day for like two years or something. Oh my god, that's not true. You really were me, no. are me. No, that's not true. Not no. well, like two we times. not trying to claim that. Three times. I'm not trying to claim that. We hung out. We but we also were in the same spaces a lot. But okay, so I'm, where yeah. where did this begin? How long ago? Give me a time oh, frame. Okay, well. That's, Nine years ago, we just figured that out. It was ten, ten. It's well, no, but I came in. Oh long. yeah, you came in nine. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm still. I feel it was longer, but I mean, if you're saying that's the case, I believe you. 
Yeah, it's kind of hard to argue dates. Yeah, you're, yeah. He's, Concrete dates. And he seems well, pretty confident, so I'm going to go with him. Well, I was in Israel until 2012. Okay, well, then there you and go. And I texted, or I didn't text, I Facebooked the guys saying, I'm coming back, I want to work here. Okay. That's fucking dope. And then... And then you, then you got the job like that easy? Oh, fuck. Well, yeah. Well, he is a legend. <laughs> he well, is a legend. Hello. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, but because the two guys that I sent a message to, I knew forever. Uh, um, and then I had an interview with Mensa just to see if we would click who I also knew. Right. Um, of course, I clicked with that man. Yeah, he's, I mean, it's hard dude. not to click. Are with you him. from? Are you from? Did you, to, yeah. yes. did you go to Vancouver? Yeah. Did you go to high school? Did you come out? I of? went to McGee. Oh. Yeah, the very mean streets of Carisdale. Yeah. It's rough <laughs> out there after, after fucking 7 p.m. Let me really? tell you. It is, actually. Your little hood? It gets yeah. nasty. Yeah. Did you, you grow up with those guys, or you just kind of knew them from being um, on the west side? I knew Mensa through Levon. Uh, who we the played basketball with, player? The basketball player. Yeah, yeah. Um, you probably didn't know this. In 2002, Mensa was the provincial athlete of the year. Oh, it was on not... the front page of the. He was a, the province. Like, wow. Not like the whole like he athletics was the athlete of the year in the province. Crazy Holy shit! Yeah. What the fuck, man? Well, he was really good at other things. I was only good at one thing. Oh. He was really good at basketball. Yeah, basketball, rugby, everything. everything. Oh, Mensa's just like killing it. Yeah, huge dick. Great personality. Great personality. Works in every fucking fucking shit. Wow. So I had a meeting with a guy who I'm in love with. So yeah, that went well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that night was uh, my friend's birthday party, and I carried him out the staircase into my car. That was your first night. That wasn't even my first night. That you was carried Mensa. No. Ivan? Um, my a Vietnamese friend of mine who you play golf with a lot. Oh. Uh, it was his birthday, and that was the night, like, I went in for the interview with Mensa. Yeah. We went to Highs for an amazing dinner. Yeah. Hours later, myself and a couple guys are carrying the birthday boy into the backseat of my car. That sounds about oh, right. Oh my and gosh. Um, I started on Wednesday. Nice. nice. So you got the job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, he, that was he can like carry people out. Rush. That was my intro to, like, the team, the yeah. world. Was that your first job in nightlife, or had you had experience in nightlife prior to that? Oh. A ton prior to that. Yeah. What were you working before that? Um, right before that was at the Opus. Uh, oh. Days, oh wow. Like you, so you had family. You had some, no, no. That was way before, way before we had anything yeah. to do with it. Yeah. Um, crazy. Because he had this pedigree and this swag and this like confidence. Run, like running the door and like doing all that VIP sh- hosting shit. Before I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think House Guest was one of like the first kind of supper clubby restaurant turning into club bottles partying type of vibe vip host kind of thing i i will correct you thank you um i think i think in vancouver it was the opus with 100 days 100 nights yeah Um, what 100 days 100 nights are you familiar with this no oh he's young is that what it's called no that's what it was called so um the opus had uh their own lounge their own uh well food and beverage department and the place was called Elixir. And oh. it was around for, I think, since like the beginning of Opus. And it didn't really change or evolve over like the first 15 years. And then they brought in um, uh, my guy, uh, Peter, I think. You, you know, you know yeah, Peter. He knows Peter. Okay. Everyone knows Peter. Yeah. Uh, and the idea was for 100 days to do this crazy concept. And then 100 days later to do something else. And then... Until they figured out what they were going to do. It was a really inexpensive way of just creating buzz. And it worked. Oh. And 
um, we did bottle service in the lounge and it was super illegal at the time. And we figured out ways to kind of work around it. Really? Yeah. Mm. And we never got to a hundred, a hundred days was actually six months. And then, yeah, because <laughs> it was working and it was like, fuck, why change any of this? Yeah. Um, and then we kept the same kind of, I say we, I, I wasn't part of like any decision making matrix. I just worked there. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was my club. <laughs> yeah. It was like, you know, and you know, we had the idea to paint it from silver to gold, That's um, me. but it was crazy <clears throat> and it, like it, all, it worked and it was, it was, it was, it was lit. nuts. And it, it collided with the Canucks going to the Stanley cup. Ah, uh, and that was in 20. That was in 2011. Okay. That was right after the Olympics. Yeah. 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 That was, was a that great riot time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That was a great couple of years. I though. got some riot stories. We love all those. We want to hear. We, we want to hear all the hospitality stories of when Vancouver was in its heyday. Because young Nolan here doesn't was too young. He was in like in 2011. What, what were you like eight? I was um 13. 13. Yes, yeah, way too young to know what the fuck's going on. I was 13 years old. Wow. So <clears throat> I think my recollection of like Vancouver nightlife being in its like pinnacle and its height was around the Olympics and the yeah. you know the year or two like after a year or two the, before a year or yeah. two after yeah it was crazy. So yeah, the op- like hundred days it was just it was just fire. Um, and we had hockey players who were involved, who were coming, like, just to dine constantly. So it created this buzz. So and were Peter's you guys really open good at five to seven days a week? Well, it was a hotel, so it was open seven days a week. Oh, it was open like, like eighteen hours a day. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah, it was the same when we were there. But like, we found that challenging because having to be open for breakfast at like six a.m. and then close at like three a.m. You know, it's. You, the amount of times that the opening manager would come in and I would be shirtless in the kitchen. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can't we are even the same. tell you. I can't even tell you. Yeah. Like the, the emails we would get from hotel management mm-hmm. to, to like Peter, like uh-huh. your guys were shit faced eating cheeseburgers till six in the morning. Yeah. Um, calling us really inappropriate names. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Then you like look at the fucking PNL sheet. We sold 30 grand last night. So. Oh, no. You relax. Way more. Yeah. Really? It was crazy. It was crazy. Like, that was in the golden era of spending money before, like, GS, before all this shit. Like, when, you know, people, regardless of what you did for a living, you were allowed in and fucking dropping paper. Like, yeah, Because yeah. yeah. squad would come through and kick people out, but sometimes two guys in the party would pay. Mm. Oh. That was, like, must have been the very beginning <laughs> cool of squad, though. Then. Yeah. That was the very beginning. That was, like, early days of yeah. that program, I think. Well, it's just so sad that to think about how Vancouver is now compared to, like, your guys' heyday. heyday. Yeah. Like, it just fucking sucks. Well, I think there was, there was a lot more um, disposable. It felt like there was a lot more disposable income. There was yeah. all the guys that, like, worked at or around Canaccord who thought that they worked, at, like, on Bay Street. Um, in 2011, 2012, they were, like, back. Yeah. They got crushed in 08. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And yeah. was, there was, like, a, if you were around, well, you, nightlife sucked after that happened yeah because there was just no one spending money no one to had be money. an asshole like no one right. was showing off um yeah <laughs> that's fair which we like well like if if you're in the business it's really nice when people are like competing right and like that i think peter taught me how to do at the opus was get this table competing with that table yeah that's that conspicuous consumption or whatever it's yeah, called yeah, like yeah, i would yeah. walk over and be like you see these assholes they just bought a bottle of dom can you believe it yeah they're trying to get girls and like these guys would buy four bottles of yeah. something else Did that, have so you been to funny. asia before no in china and beijing that shit is like legit another level like right. people have like an ace it's parade a competition. like i went to this one club 
they literally have every table on like um like um pillars or something so every time you buy something you're you get elevated a little bit and then you buy something and then another table gets elevated a little higher until Seriously? like it gets to like you know 20 feet in the air kind of thing but then some no lady way. fell off and really hurt herself say, so they had I got, to i got some serious questions about that so the drunker and more spendy you yeah, get the, the higher, higher you, you go, go in the air until yeah. some girl fell off but when i went back there like it was <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've never seen more fucking bottles of ace go out in my collective life as i did in that one night it wow. was like a, like three a ace case will go out and then two ace cases and then a fucking parade of 12 and then i probably saw maybe 100 to 200 bottles of ace go out at one night from one club that makes me so excited i don't know why like my that's insane so i've never seen that, that many go that's out love luxury no well that's because like you but you've seen it you I, i'm sure like do you hate it even when you're in the middle of it yeah yeah i it was weird. There was no like commission. There was no bonuses. I didn't get like more money uh, if we sold more. Well, that's your contracts problem. Well, that's just yeah. That's just you know that was just the way it was. Was Peter the GM? No, he was. He like was an owner. He was yeah. It was an ownership group. So how was so back then of, we were, of the company that the Opus brought in to do food and beverage? Gotcha. So did you like were contracts like structured back then where you just get like a flat salary and it is that's it? No, yeah. no if it's doing great, no matter if it's yeah. doing poorly, you get your you get same amount of money. Yeah. Yeah, they had a bunch of guys uh, who we were all managing, and it was, this is your daily rate. Mm-hmm. Mm. Flat fee per day, and then um, whatever salary, right? No. Or I guess it was flat like, fee. It was, this is it. You get paid for oh. this. Different time, man. But then, like, I got, and, and it wasn't per hour, because we were working crazy hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, the perks were really fantastic. Like, we ate really well. Yeah. Um, you know, I still drank at the time, so I was really good at drinking there. Um, <laughs> and you know i love that i'd love to spend like four hours giving peter gurgis the hardest time in the world yeah. he's actually a really nice guy who's great to the people like that he um so he was taking us to hockey games all the time like we would like we would do fun stuff as a team um so the getting fucked with like money you didn't really realize that you were because there wasn't there wasn't, wasn't a, a guy, lot that you were paying well, there wasn't, for. There wasn't someone on Granville Street who was wheeling bottles making mm-hmm. this much. Yeah. Right? Like, w- we didn't have a counter. But we didn't know that. What like, the range could be. You know? So. Yeah. That makes sense. And, and the plan was to, like, expand. And this was the team that was going to step into that. And it was like, yeah. 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 And then, oh, this and then what happened? Yeah. Like, with, with, with transitioning on from elixir or whatever if you guys didn't expand it oh well i mean peter opened a couple of places in yelltown right right right. yeah i think my recollection like he had that and then he opened up chinois yeah at the same time and then he focused he he just pivoted out of there into their full-time kind of thing i don't know what happened with that i i I actually don't let me tell you from experience working in a hotel environment for food and beverage it's hard it's completely different because like you know, I mean, as a businessman myself, like I understand that the bread and butter in that business is the hotel rooms. Like once you get to like 70 percent capacity, every single dollar above that is pure bottom line profit because the same amount of staff you need to clean 20 rooms is the same that cleans 30. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when you have that juxtaposition of this like, you know, fancy, you know, boutique hotel but you have people doing X, Y, and Z and up until like six in the morning. It, 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 sometimes it comes to a head, right? Where you don't, this like bougie couple from New York coming in with their family, expecting to spend, you know, $500 a night at this nice hotel. They check in and they see some drunk ass yeah. with his shirt off, puke all down his shit. 
yeah. coming out of the lobby at like you know 6 a.m yeah it's yeah. also, you know, on New Year's telling people that spent this much money to stay at the hotel from out of town. Oh, no, you can't come in. Yeah. Private. Like there would be there would be people like spitting mad because yeah. in their city, this wouldn't even fucking happen. And I right. spent this much money to stay in the hotel and yeah. you can't I can't access to, I can't, part of the hotel. I can't get into the hotel bar. I, yeah. This is my hotel. Who the fuck is that guy? Yeah, that was tough. Right. Yeah, it's very tough. It's a, it's I mean, the, it adds a very different element and being open essentially 24 hours a day yeah. with very like if you were doing nightlife that's a very different experience than dinner mm-hmm. and lunch breakfast. Than breakfast in the same space yeah crazy you don't see that like outside of vancouver when you go to big cities like the hotels will have like this is the nightlife spot yeah 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 yeah. the breakfast restaurant this yeah is, yeah they'll nook their own it's little, all like, different sub-worlds. you don't yeah, have all the same to try fucking... to do it all in one yeah. it's i mean I don't, I don't know. When I was there, we struggled with that as well. I think they've kind of pivoted a bit from that. Obviously, they've been closed for the pandemic, so that probably helped a little bit. We had but, a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet. Fuck, like, I mean, Nolan, you were born to be in that era. I fucking wish. Yeah. I absolutely wish. Like, all the fucking guys that came out of Hello Goodbye, uh, house guests, sorry, like yourself, Curtis Lum, like Sonny Diol, mm. these names that you probably don't really recognize that are like old school, like OG guys that have gone on to do great things in, mm-hmm. the, in the industry that were like stalwarts. You know, I think they really helped propel the industry to what it is today. Mm. Um, really? Because it's lame now. Well, <laughs> but, it, but it still exists. It that still exists. A lot, guys. That's on Thanks you. A lot, That's guys. on you. That's on the city. Yeah. You have agency. That's we, still have, we still have like hello, goodbye is kind of an homage to house guest absolutely obviously because we call that hello goodbye blah 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 hghg but i mean from what i remember of that place it was like for me it was like my first venture into nightlife i didn't really i just retired from playing rugby Mm -hmm. that's how i knew mensa and then that's how i met all you guys and he has connections in vancouver and the west side with like maddie and devlin and that whole crew but what i liked about it the most was that it was it was kind of like at the time in my opinion it was new for Vancouver. It was like a, yeah. a restaurant. Well, the way, the way that House Guest was, was different than the Opus. Yeah. Just in the, who they were trying to attract. Exactly. It was a very different energy. Yeah. Concept, dinner, transition to nightlife, yeah. bottle service, trays. Yeah, yeah. Um, that started there. Sure. But House Guest was a completely different vibe. House Guest was, it, I mean, the, the trying so hard not to be cool cool thing mm-hmm. um <laughs> yeah. but it worked yeah it was, it was a good it, time it, it had a much more clubhouse vibe yeah i just remembered something you're gonna love this at this is this is the the difference between the two places yeah. right um so every monday at opus we would have our, our management meetings and we'd read um good reviews bad reviews just so we know like people would email because people would email yeah um just to get a sense of how it's going. And this one guy, this is, I swear to God, this is almost word for word. Uh, I tried for the third weekend in a row to get in. I couldn't get in. The place was packed with douchebag looking guys in suits and, 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 and Hook. stupid hooker looking bitches. <laughs> and I couldn't get in for the third week in a row. This place sucks. And manager holds it up and goes, great job, guys. Great job. Great job. We're hitting the marks. And like none of those words would have applied at house guest. Yeah. It was just mm-hmm. such a different energy. It was such a different vibe. It, it was had, lightning in a bottle. It was so cool. 
Yeah, I think we hit at the right time and the right you know moment in history for Vancouver nightlife. And I remember like having you know hipsters in the bar with next to a couple suits and next to some fucking artists and next to some athletes. You know, it was kind of like a melting pot of just like good. People. It was a place people. to go have fun. <clears throat> yeah, but I do also remember there are times where like I'd see I'd come in with, like at like twelve thirty one and the front door would just be which was kind of the back door through that alley yeah. would just be like seven deep like with like people like I know this guy and I was like you know this help me out. like you know you know what that's like yeah and then I'm like oh fuck I'm like all right buddy good luck with this and just kind yeah. of go in <laughs> so it has oh, yeah. you know still has I'm sure had some of those same same issues and i feel that that's kind of like for me that's the one thing that still remains that's kind of frustrating with nightlife in vancouver having to kind of like the entitlement that some people kind of approach people at the door with mm-hmm. and how how did you mm. how did you deal with that mm. i don't know how did i deal with that that's a that's a good question were you at the door at house yeah. house? no well sometimes i just hang out out there right um and um no, my, my, my role at Houseguest was maitre d'. Was, Maddie really liked that. What yeah. does a maitre d' mean? Um, I, I, think I, can, <laughs> I think Maddie's definition was the guy that you want to know. Ah. Uh. Yeah, Mensa was the GM, and he helped, well, he, he oversaw fucking everything, and I did, like, service. Right. Um, you on the floor. Yeah. Making sure people are having a good time. Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, very very similar. Very yeah. same person. But Major uh, D, like Maddie's a visionary kind of like, you know, he, like Major D. Well, it, for him, it was like a shout out to like Frenchie at Fortes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, Frenchie at Fortes was the Major D there. I don't know, maybe still is for decades, and he's just a guy that knows everyone, and everyone knows him. Gotcha. And Maddie was like you here. Ah. And then crazy business cards that said Major D that were yeah, that was, those were good card those stock. Now we have the times have changed so much. We have we have like the cryptic cards that are like you. They're one card. You touch you touch your phone, and all of a sudden, all the information is now on your phone. I don't I don't like that. It's the future, man. That's weird. We're reducing our carbon footprint. You just tap tap tap, and it saves right to people's phones. Now that's good card stock. I think you can cut someone with. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's hard. Wow. Wow. Back in the it's day, metal. It's metal. It's a metal card. Wow, the future. Yeah. Wow. But I think everything about house guests was so like. Uh, the gold skull wall, the fucking fuck yeah, like the 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 um logo, yeah. Like, the logo was dope. Right? I saw that on your Instagram today. I was like, damn. Yeah, I did none of that. By Killed the way, that. yeah, yeah. We say we. <laughs> no, I was just a money guy at that time, and then I learned by like, tr- like trial by fire, figuring out, oh shit, this doesn't make sense. Whatever. But back then, I was like, I don't know, twenty eight or something, and just like pumped. You were twenty eight. That math can't be right. No, I was 33? about to say. Yeah. Yeah, 30, I was, I was, I was uh, 28. I was younger than I am now. <laughs> I feel I've matured a lot in these 10 years. Yeah. But back then I was like, fuck, I can own a club, make some money, hook up with checks, and be the guy? Why yeah, well, not do not. this? Yeah. So, yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm not, I don't lie. That was my main <laughs> ammo. Yeah. Matured. And, and the, the, for me, yeah. the honesty of that, the owning of that and like the not being subtle about that was the best fucking part. Right. Cause like, fuck you. If you're like an ex pro athlete who owns a club who fucks hostesses all over the cactus world and you're, (laughs) and you're like, you're a dick about it. Fuck that guy. Right. This guy owned it. This guy was like, this is who I am. I'm killing it right now. 
It was the best. Well, I mean, I think totally deny it. I, I, don't, I don't think it goes does anyone any favors if you just pretend. To, mm-hmm. Then people get butt hurt and whatever. It's, it is what it is. He would literally say things like, "I'm a I'm a retired pro athlete who owns a club. What do you want from me? What do you? Like, what's I'm happy on? right now." Well, I mean, wow. I recall it slightly different. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was great. I, I loved it. It was it's refreshing. Like, it was, yeah, you know, yeah. there was no there was no ambiguity. Yeah, right. You get what you get. So what did you like the best about hospitality in general from that time frame? Just like the, like the fun aspect or was it? It wasn't the money, obviously. because oh God, like, it was never the money. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you mean, though? Like, what like, did you like? What, what's your fondest memories from like that time period when you were like working in between, you know, when you were like really in the trenches of hospitality? And- fondest memories. I mean, I had, I had a fucking riot at House Guests with Mensa and Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy in the kitchen. Fuck that guy. He's a beauty. <laughs> Fuck that oh. guy. Is he still, well, he's still cooking. He has to be. Yeah. Because yeah, he, yeah. he was at, he was at Tanto for a hot second when yeah. they first opened. Unbelievably talented. Unbelievably talented and such a sweet young man. Wasn't he on Canada's Top Chef? Yeah. yeah. What was the, the food the like at House Guest? Uh, mm. It was, well, it was a, comfort a, a tale of two seasons. It was, it was comfort food um, with a twist. It was classics with a twist with Kayla. Yeah. And then, uh, and then it was. Um, I think Jimmy described it as just West Coast Canadian cuisine. Yeah, it was just it was just it was really delicious, fucking good food. And there was so many things on Jimmy's menu that over the next three years started popping up at um, really more high end restaurants in Vancouver. Jimmy got furious when Hawksworth put a mushroom dust um, on one of their salads because mm. it took him like a year and a half to figure out how to fucking turn mushrooms into dust. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fucking art form. Yeah, like he, 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 yeah, he was on a different level with with his with his culinary. Yeah. So touches. everything just came together in the the best way. Yeah, I mean, we like we kind of bootstringed it together. Like Maddie's dad was a um, set designer, like really cool. Like you know how like in some restaurant bars you see like photograph like framed photos of random shit everywhere, mm-hmm. like that, like like in parlor. I'm not naming names. <laughs> I'm just saying I think we were probably one of the first groups yeah. to have that kind of shit kind of going. Well, the, the fucking, was it a rhino above the bar? Was it a gazelle? What was the? It was a gazelle. It was, it was a gazelle. gazelle. I mean, that thing was crazy. Um, Adam Lupton's bathrooms? Yeah. Like, I had that Oof. done in my house. Yeah. Adam Lupton now is, like, at Juilliard or some fucking crazy school in New York where he's, like, gonna be touted as like he's art he's like have artwork of, of that he's done for me in my house and i'm just keeping up until he blows up or dies and then i could sell for millions of dollars i got i got a, I got a bunch of that yeah he's so I, talented i actually man. have a bunch of his stuff he's, I, he, I straight up told him i'm just keeping this yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i'll just take this for myself well he 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 stored it at my place for a bit and then he's like can i get it back i'm like nah, nah no you're, you're gonna be a somebody someday and i really like you this belongs uh, to me now and this is mine now yeah that's fair he's do you, do you know what we're talking about when we say the bathroom no um, you know what? Okay, at, at Hello Goodbye, you know the bathroom has it's, it's not done to the same level, but you know in the bathroom at Hello Goodbye, there's the writing. Yep, like it's basically that's another homage to House Guest. Oh, that's fun. Uh. Yeah, we do. There's a lot of stuff. To, like we have like a skull like placed in certain places in every bar. That's cool. kind of like a little like if you know, you know kind of thing. Cool. Yeah, so we have like little touch points that we like to have. Like Where if you if you go in there, well, it's like a it's on it. the. Yeah, like don't, tell, don't, don't tell him. Don't okay. tell him. I move it sometimes. Yeah, if you, you got to know. Mm. It's like a gold. Like, like we had like a gold skull. Like you go into house guests and then you go downstairs. So upstairs restaurant, downstairs, little like 
um, bar. Oh, so that was like the first kind of concept of upstairs, downstairs. So yeah, I think so. For us, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like bricks had bricks after bricks. Global had right, global yeah, after, after bricks. Global. Yeah. Global after global? No, global had after global glow. and after glow. Yeah. Like You're they, too young. This is way before yeah. your time. They had that that kind of shit? Yeah, they have your yeah, restaurant portion, like and you have your, like, down from yeah, there. like that one. Like, yeah. it's wild tail. And now. then the oh back was Afterglow. And, like, how so parlor existed. Like, yeah. But, but, like. But it was, like, almost, like, two. All of those you could access from, like, two entrances. Yeah. Like, this is, like, the basement at House Guest. The downstairs was, there was only one way in. Wow. And it was, like, fucking small as fuck. Was, like, right. like, maybe the size of this room in the, in the hallway out here, and, like. You pack like a hundred people in there, and oh like there'd be a lineup up the stairs. Shit. The capacity was like twenty six. Yeah, it was. I insane. enjoyed. And were inspectors like? Oh, all the time. I, I, I feel like one of the main like things that I did really well there. Yeah. Was be the white guy talking to the health inspectors and the police. Yeah. <laughs> I had the police coming in on like Sundays for brunch. The guys that would be coming in Saturday night to like check to see about the gangsters. Right. Would come in to eat on Sundays. Uh, that's hilarious um, so they were great to us but the 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 inspectors hated it they came one night when uh the uh the wednesday night kids i forget what their names were what they did yeah but i can't remember <laughs> they had this dvd playing like on the on the screens down there and it was it was super inappropriate for a restaurant but it was very appropriate for like 11 o'clock nightlife yeah and the health inspectors were so mad that it was playing in a room that no one was in yeah There's, they still do dumb shit like that they get Why? mad about Why? nothing I, I got i had i got a talking to because the lights were too low yeah she goes it's too dark in here i went are you are you, are you eating like is it yeah. too dark for you or yeah, is it like, like who, is there like a law that i'm breaking by having the lights so dim it's like it's too dark fuck? Yeah, it's just it's, the same thing exists Always today. Super fucking anal. Yeah. They would they would come in and stand beside the DJ booth at like eleven twenty nine to make sure that eleven thirty it was turned down because it couldn't be over this. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I have a weird conspiracy. They take the most loserous kids in all the high schools and make and them read them inspectors? into inspectors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they it's part of their job. I get it. Fucking but it just... losers. But you can tell because they walk in. Yeah. And you know what? All shade. Because fucking, if you're listening and you respect her, fuck you. <laughs> They're the loserest people in the world. Like, they cannot speak English. They cannot. They don't look good. They have the ugliest sneakers on. They clearly would wow. never be invited to any of these venues. Sorry, I'm going off. Yeah, so they okay. make me angry. No, I, I, I agree with truth. you, though. I agree with you. Like, like if, why are you yeah. jealous that you weren't invited? That's I, on you, buddy. I get, I get what you're saying. I've, I feel like I've experienced that. Like, you're angry that we're having fun. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it makes it personal, and that's and it's yeah. and when it's personal, dick, sir. Yeah, that's what, that's that's what we're gonna go with from now on. Eat a fucking dick. eat a dick, sir. Make a reservation next time, yeah. and you're welcome to come. Hey, and capacity enjoy. issues, you can't be in here. <laughs> eat a dick, sir. Why are you thinking you can walk in? Yeah, just say sir, and you're good. Yeah, I, I feel <laughs> that does work a lot of times. But so anyway, you go downstairs, and it'll be like just fucking rammed, and everyone want that's the spot. Like once you're in the upstairs, you're not actually. So there's a line of outside, then you get into the restaurant side. Mm-hmm. And then once you're in there, there's then you try to get, to get to the bar. And there's a line up to the bar, and then line up to get to the fucking bar bar downstairs. And that's where, bar every, bar. That's where everyone was hanging out, like standing on tables, drinking sing-alongs. It was just like a vibe. Was there a rope there? That you, yeah, yeah, there was like a little rope. Gotcha. a little rope and a person. And a person. Yeah, it was, um, fuck, it was a great time. It was so much oh. fun. Yeah. That was amazing. But here we are 10 years later. So operationally, yeah. did the inspectors like give you guys like notices or like punishments 
I don't think we ever ran into real trouble. Oh, okay. okay. I, I mean, that's what I mean when I say like it was my job and my gift to to. Mensa had no patience for that shit. Yeah. He he hated having to pretend to be nice to to that. Right. So he was happy that I did. Yeah. <laughs> but the irony now is he works for fucking one of the biggest corporations where he has to always be smiling and yeah. house of yes or whatever their shtick is. But um Well, yeah. But he's learned too. I mean yeah, that exactly. was, that yeah, was also ten years ago and yeah. we've all grown. We've all grown. Growing is awesome. Growing is the best. Yes. I don't even remember. Okay, I, I, I have a, I know House Guest had its moment, and then for whatever reason, it didn't. How did it? Six like, months to the end? day after I left, by the way, it closed. Well, I, I have my to own the, personal reasons day. of why I think that happened. Why did it close? I personally believe that we had one irresponsible operator who was making, like, we'd have, like, one person would, like, have, you know, fucking create like third like fifteen thousand dollars of of promo and i'd walk around night? yeah no in a month or maybe even more but in a night you would walk around and see like three quarter red stripes all over the bar so he he'd open like 20 red stripes and drink maybe a combined two two worth like he'd like have a couple sips and leave it get another one have a couple sips and leave it another one no 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 so even though on paper it looks like or not on paper, like visually and aesthetically, it looks like, holy shit, this place is always busy, always has a line, people are spending money. When you get the reports, you're like, how come we sold X amount, but on the bottom line, we were still like losing money? Right. Bom, bom, bom. That's like, how is that possible? Anyway, I chalk it up to a learning experience. Like, we, like, you know, we like all the major players that were in that, less this person I'm speaking about, who I have no issue with, hope he's doing well. Yeah, have wonderful, all, wonderful person, by the way. I, oh, you I, know who it is? Of course I do. Yeah, of course. There was, there was five people in this, <laughs> in this operation. Um, wonderful person. I love this, that guy. This is a little yeah. bit more eclectic than most, I guess. So it was all up to one person why it shut down. Well, no, I'm not going to say that's, that. That's not fair either. I don't think Aki's saying that. I'm saying that it didn't help. It, did, it didn't help. <laughs> but regardless, everyone else involved has, I'm sure he has too, gone, learned from it and gone on to do pretty fucking good things. And what, whether it's in hospitality or film or, or fucking any aspect of their, their lives, they've done really well. Yeah. So, mm. Now, what I want to talk to you, Yona, about is where, how does your life differ today from 10 years ago? Wow. Loaded question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's only an hour show. Okay. So let's try it's to only, it's it. only an hour <laughs> show. Okay. Because you, you don't drink anymore, correct? Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I don't drink anymore. How yeah. long ago did you stop? Last no. week. No, nice. I, I mean, at some point in the last 10 years, I didn't drink for a couple of years before yeah. House Guest. Um, you didn't drink while you were working at House Guest? No, for a couple of years before. Okay. Um, I drank a lot when I was a teenager. Right. And I just decided it wasn't, I, I didn't like me drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, so I stopped and then... I worked in places where there was a lot of people who drank and I would just kind of fall back in. Wow, but really um, are the but, same person. <laughs> but like never anything bad, never like the odd embarrassing, you know, showing a bunch of people my dick, but like oh, yeah. never, Standard. never like any like getting into a fight on Granville, um, throwing up on a girl, like nothing like, oh, God. yeah. Nothing that nothing harms like, other people. Like, yeah, crazy. nothing that harmed other I just didn't like being drunk. It wasn't about, it wasn't about how I acted when I was drunk. I didn't like how I felt. Yeah. Right. Um, so after house guests, I just stopped drinking. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I would have stopped sooner, but we had great cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we had a great wine program, so I enjoyed that. And I was going out to places, and you would get a cocktail. You have to, to try. Yeah, yeah. Have, yeah. Um, it's part of the job. Yeah, but I am so, yeah, yeah. My wife's family, it took them a while to understand because they're Russian. They thought that I, I couldn't drink today because I was driving or something. Every time they offered uh, me a drink. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, and then when it finally clicked, they're like, what do you mean you don't? <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink. Are they like Russian, Russian? Russian? Are they from like... They're from they Moscow, f- yeah. Okay. Yeah, my wife was born in Moscow. Nice. Samuel? Yeah, Moscow. That helps I, you. I call her something else, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, um, did you meet... How long ago did you meet your wife? Uh, uh, six and a half years. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It's a really cute story. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. We like cute um, stories. So, I love love. It's, yeah, this is a very, very this is really exciting. Very so, like, so happy. Um, yeah, biggest difference is her. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, okay. I'm so excited. It's, 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 I, I got to start at the beginning because it's, it's a fun, there's a fun twist. Um, so that year I was in a relationship that I had no business being in. Mm-hmm. So 2015, the beginning of 2015. Um, and I was in it because I wanted to be a boyfriend. I wanted to have a girlfriend. Right. This was not the right relationship for me. This was not the right young woman for me. But you like the idea of it. I, I like the idea. I like the concept more. I wanted right. to be uh, in that more than I wanted to be with the that right person. person. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, and I say that because none of this is an indictment on her. None of this is throwing shade on her. It wasn't the right person for me, obviously. Nolan, you Together. should listen to this story I'm very li- carefully. No, I'm literally <laughs> listening to this. I'm like, holy fuck, this is me. Yeah, exactly. I love the idea of being with somebody and being a partner and being like yeah. that person. Yeah. But every single time I'm like, because no, I don't like this. We're going to transition into talking about that. Yeah. Write that one down, Aki. We're going to okay. talk about this guy's, uh, his, this guy's his relationship stuff. Okay. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. I love you already. <laughs> I love you already. So I'm in a relationship I have no business being in. I break up with her. Um, and single. My wife is in a relationship um, that is, is running its course, mm-hmm. and she breaks up with him, single. She's in Russia because every summer she goes back to Russia to visit her family, to visit her grandmothers, and she's on Tinder. And she's got Tinder Premium, so she can be in Russia and Vancouver at the same time. Mm. And the last day that I decided that I would ever have Tinder, I'm deleting it tonight, I match with the hottest girl ever in the entire world. Wow. Hey. Who I've had a crush on for years yeah. before. So you know who this so you person know, yeah, is. You know who your I, wife was. I knew of her. I knew her. And every time I was near her, I was fucking so awkward. Because I was just nervous around her. Right. Yeah. So we match. She's in Russia. She's not coming home for 10 days. And we just click instantly. We've, we uh, Skype and Gchat. For about 10 hours a day. Whoa. Every day. Because wow. the time difference, she wakes up, I'm going to sleep, I wake up, she's going to sleep. We just do that. Yeah. Whenever right. someone wakes up, they, they just call the other guy. Um, and we did that for 10 days. So by the time I picked her up from the airport, it was all in. Like right. It was like, you're my fucking person. 
I said, I love you crying on day like three because wow. we had spent 30 hours talking to each other. Like I knew this person without any of the weird shit around like, do I call her back? Like, yeah, yeah, do yeah. I try to kiss her With now? The games. Like, like no games, no texting bullshit. It was like, as soon as we could, we got off Tinder. As soon as we could get off WhatsApp, we got onto like video chatting. Right. Um, and it was just amazing. It was like, you're this person I can be honest and vulnerable with. I can just talk to you without, and you're the most beautiful person I've ever seen in my life. It was crazy to me. Wow. It was crazy. It sounds like a fucking true romance. So I pick her up from the airport. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. Um, <laughs> the sex was nuts. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Okay. Yeah. laughs> Why are you eating red? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's my wife. <laughs> um, and. She literally just moved in. I wow. picked her up from the airport. She came over to my place. A couple of days after, she opens my closet, looks at it, moves a bunch of stuff, and hangs her stuff up. And that was that. Like, she's just lived with me since... Since your since first date. Wow. Picked up from the airport. Picked her from the airport, and that's it. Wow. This is where it gets fun. Yeah. Sounds pretty fun to me already. Yeah. But this is where say. he's going to like it, because okay. it gets messy. Ooh, I like that. I know. I know. <laughs> so my, my previous relationship and mm-hmm. my wife's previous relationship both happened to work at the same company. What? Mm-hmm. Big company. They both work. They both work at the same company. Very different departments. Wow. I don't know if they knew each other. Yeah. Big company. Yeah. But they find out through the grapevine that their exes are together. Right. So they get together. Really? Oh. Yeah. No and got, way. And I think they have a lot in common. So they have a lot of fun just, you know, um, and they get engaged. What? What the fuck? Crazy, right? Is that out of spite? Did they get know, spite engaged? Like, like within, a, within a year. No, then they got divorced. Uh, so they ended up getting married. They got engaged, married, and divorced. Wow. In like two and a, just to spite you. Probably. <laughs> in like a two and a half year run. It was, yeah. Crazy. And, yeah. And we're... You're six and a half years married. And oh. a baby in December. Oh, congratulations. Oh congratulations. Yeah. That's amazing. Did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Plot twist. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Where do these come from? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> that, that must make you feel good, Nolan. You know, that story is like, you There's don't hear stories like that. Out there for me. Oh my God. Yeah. And you have to go through all of the really fucked up experiences you're going through. Yeah. To, to figure out life. The thing is with me, I have no experiences. That's just not oh. really happening. Oh my god! You can't. It's just not. You can lie to him because you don't know him. But he's had plenty of experience. <laughs> That's really funny. Like really he's funny. had so many experiences. Maybe not the kind of experiences that he wants, but he has had his fair share of experiences. I also me have to you. throw this in there because I've been waiting to tell you this entire time. <laughs> Who me? Oh no, yeah. not you. Um, you look exactly like my ex. Oh my it's goodness! Fucked up. Oh, he sounds so handsome. And, and yeah, he definitely was. Definitely like, same hair. But which ex are you talking same, about? This is like two exes ago. Yeah, see, he has no experience. Oh still, he has no experience. I still think about point, this person. Point proved. Yeah. Same eyebrows. Same wow. face structure. It's you like want to see? Uh, and you have the same. Want to see shilang Yes, actually, like, I would love to see a shilang. <laughs> Just to compare the two, and maybe get a taste of my. It's ex, for science. So I got a funny side note. Yeah. One night, this guy has a couple people over at his place, and they're all having fun. Him. And yeah, me. Uh, one of the one of the house guests at his house was a man 
who asked if he could do some cocaine off of his. I've uh, told you this story the other oh, day. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just heard about that. That is story. so crazy that you bring that up because <laughs> I literally told him this story the other day and he like, I don't feel like he didn't believe I got, me. I got protective. I was like, who the fuck are you letting other guys do coke off your fucking dick? He didn't let him. See? I told you. I was like, you won't let me go near that. Oh my God. It was See? so funny him telling us the story the next day. Yeah. It was awkward because he didn't need to tell us, <laughs> which, which was like, that's why we believed him. Because why would you tell someone that story? Just to right. be like, I just made so it. So can up. I confirm? Yeah. Did he do it or not? He did not. Okay, good. Come on, and bro. The, good. And the gentleman was really upset. I told you. see? Yeah. yeah. It's so weird. I, I, we t- I literally, it was like two but days even, ago, I told him the story. story. It's so like, fucking crazy. It's weird to me that someone would get upset like, about that because when a straight guy says no, like, it's just. just it's like if I like, hit, like, I hit on a girl and like, she's like, no, thank you. I, I can't I get mad at the girl for not being interested in me. Yeah. Well, like, I, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I understand what both of you were saying. Yeah. But I feel like context is a very important piece to this. Like yeah, throw it in there. Well, no, I wasn't there. And if you're comfortable setting the scene the way you, I'm yeah. not going to tell your story yeah. for you. Well, we, we all what know what happened. Was happening? Yeah, there's other people doing other things off my body. Were there any men doing things off my no. body? No. No. Exactly. So hold on. But listen to what he said, because it's also like very a subtle. He's not even bragging. That's the best part. Other <laughs> people doing other things off my body. People, not person, people. So there's at least two ladies doing things off of him. Yes. So when their friend who's sitting there watching asks if he can join in and is said no to, I can understand why he'd be a little bit offended. Context no, is everything. But like, but like, I understand offended, but, like, but, but, I even, but it should be a short-term like, Yeah, offense. it should be a short-term. It shouldn't have you been long enough. You can't carry it on yeah, yeah, he and be like it. mad at me for he, like he, weeks he, because... He I don't think he should be that mad about it. Like, I think that's totally appropriate. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Like, it's it was. awkward for a straight man to have imagine like i don't like i would be like okay fair yeah i mean it's like everyone has their boundaries exactly exactly and they should be respected Obviously he wants these two females to do these bro don't make it body. weird let the guy suck your dick yeah <laughs> in hindsight i probably should have just rolled with it honestly yeah. if it was 2021 and this new world we you live in canceled for being a homophobe probably like, you're fucked up no 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 i don't think not having i love that I just got to... to he's he's, he's now the host. Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's interviewing us. Ha- yeah. <laughs> Having <laughs> Saying no to someone to do drugs off of your penis isn't homophobic. Oh, no, it's not. I was just being dramatic. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, I was just oh, being dramatic. Oh, is it because you're gay? Whoa, did you just out me on my own show? <laughs> what the fuck? I love how you claim this. Every time someone says that word, it's I like, oh my God. Oh my God. You talk about me. You look exactly show. like my ex from two guys ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super outed. <laughs> and if you've ever listened to any episode. Your dick, just to make sure you look like no, my woman yeah. ex. No. <laughs> anyway, back to the adult programming. Um,. Okay, so beautiful story about your wife. Yeah. That's obviously a, that's obviously <laughs> a story a about plus. your wife turned into him doing cocaine off someone's... I mean, well, yeah. things happen. It's life. So what, so what else has happened between okay. now and then? Like, how, how is your life different other than being married? I mean, it's just... It's, it's, I don't recognize the person that we're reminiscing about. Yeah. That's how different life is. Really? Like, it's, it's, it's a very unique experience right now to spend this much time Go thinking on. about it. Can I ask... Like, why do you think that happened? Like, did you experience too much of a nightlife life that you were like, wait, 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 oh. like I can't, like this is yeah. out of control. I was I always an drinking. outsider. I, I never felt, I never felt comfortable in that world. Right. Um, it, I w- it always was a transient thing for me. I, it, 
yeah, it wasn't life um, for me. So it was easy to it was easy to leave. I just needed something to do. Right. Um, do you look back on that version of yourself and like, are you are you happy that you had that experience? I'm ecstatic. I had that experience. Yeah. In this moment, I can say I'm grateful for every single experience I've ever had. Yeah. Right. Every single experience, um, because they made me me. Exactly. And today, I really like me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So cool. I don't. I don't regret anything i mean there's some things i'm like i wish i handled that differently mm-hmm. right. um but you don't know how to do things until you do yeah right? exactly um so you know i'm i'm happy so why <clears throat> why is the change the way it is i think it was your question what was your question yeah, something like that um like how how do you like how is like your, your life different like what else do you like you're obviously not out as much you're not drinking you have a wife you have a baby on the way like how, like, you know, maybe, like, philosophically, do you look at the world a bit differently now? Like, for me, for example, in hospitality, when I, especially when I'm at work, you know, I have a different lens on, some different glasses on. When mm-hmm. I, look, I, I look at people, like, they are kind of, I assume they're looking at me, like, what can I do for them? Can I get them in? Can I do this? Can I do that? Can I do that? Mm-hmm. Now, like, in my daytime, when I do other things on a day-to-day, I, I, I feel I have more genuine interactions with people because mm-hmm. it's not um, mm-hmm. necessarily... Yeah, it's not superficial. Yeah. Um, it's not like a tit for tat. It's not like how can I use yeah. this person to get ahead? You know what I mean? So I would, I mean, I would imagine that when I eventually do get a ho- out of hospitality fully, that those interactions will be all genuine, or more so genuine than they were. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not interacting with people who are drunk and high. Yeah, which I'm is not, a, I'm not a big the thing. one guy who doesn't do cocaine in a nightclub that smells like farts. Right. <laughs> I, I hated working at Pierre's because of that. I hated you worked at Pierre's? Yeah. So did he. Oh, my God. You are me. Wow. Yeah. I, I told yeah. you this, and you're like, Man, no one's <laughs> no, me. I don't think you told Nobody's oh, me. I did, I did, I did that's, that's what you said. I did say that's that. that. I was like, there's no one fucking okay. there's, 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 there's no, no use. Now I admit it. He, you, no you, he's like, you know, the similarities. We're going to have a long hug after this, aren't we? Absolutely. All on video. But not doing cocaine and everyone else doing it. It smells like farts and horseradish and it's gross. That's a deadly combo. And cookies. I don't have that around me anymore, which I'm really happy about. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you just got more in touch with your inner self after you left nightlife? Because I feel like, you know, as much as I love it, it's a great way to distract you from like, oh yeah, it well, was absolutely that, a distraction. That's part of maybe that's where we kind of are similar in the sense that like, I love nightlife. It's exactly who I am. But there is a side of me that isn't that person, and sometimes that person comes out when yeah. I'm working, and I get very like, oh, this is a lot. At the same time, I love it. I love what I do. I love being around people. That's why I do it. Yeah. Um, but I do find yeah. that like when you work so long in nightlife. Um, and especially with COVID and having that break, Oof. you realize how much it distracts you yeah. from being the person that you always kind of thought you were. Yeah. I, I agree with, with all of that. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you do it because you love it. You do it because you love people. And fuck, it's a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think to, to kind of answer the questions, I got to go back a little bit. Um, Ak, I don't know how, how much about like, my story you know. Um, refresh my memory um, so the reason I, I was as good at hospitality as I was partially was because I had some really great mentors and people that helped teach me 
But it actually goes back um, a little bit farther than that. It goes back to being a little kid in my house. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of chaos in my house. There was a lot of, uh, well, fear and insecurity, I think, is a, is a good way of putting it. My parents were doing the best they could right. at that stage in their life. It wasn't so great. And I had to learn very early and very quickly how to read a room, how to read what kind of energy I'm walking into or is walking towards me. Right. Survival mechanism. I don't know, <clears throat> I don't know what version of mom is coming around the corner. I got to figure it out real quick. That skill translated as I grew into a bit of a superpower. Right. I can read a room pretty easily. And by the time we met, um, the parts of hospitality that I struggled with were my insecurities, my um, ability to communicate with the team in a healthy way, because I wasn't mentored that. Right. The guys that taught me how to do it didn't teach me how to like say it nicely and softly with patience. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of being upset that you don't know what I'm thinking. Right? Yeah. That's the part I struggled with. The part that I excelled at was knowing what you wanted before you knew what you wanted. Right. Um, and that came from needing to know what the fuck is happening in front of me, like real quick. Um, so that made being in hospitality and nightlife pretty easy. Right. Um, you know, before I, before I was in, in the maitre d' hosting capacity, I was a doorman. And being able to read people made being a doorman really easy. Yeah. Never in my life have I thrown a punch. Never in my life have these hands hit someone, Aki. Nice. Four years of working at Bar None and, and Republic and Barcelona and fucking other bunch of places never punched anyone. Choked a bunch of motherfuckers oh, out. Really? <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, wait, wait, sorry. He's an OG, he bro. He did what? Choked a bunch of motherfuckers out. Like, oh, not in the way you're thinking. Uh, you said Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Yeah. Yes, in that exact <laughs> way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how we used to get people out of nightclubs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The first time I was in celebrities, I was 18 years old, and I was walking around the balcony, and I- Was 18 years old? No. Oh, okay. No. Um, and I, Same rules and as I now. That's in, why they shut I down. bumped into someone who was looking over the railing, and I thought, like, oh, cool. He's up here doing basically what I'm doing. No. Dude sucking his dick. And I bumped oh. into them. 18 years old. This was nice. cool. So what did I do? I went to the washroom. Club. I went to the washroom because I was like, I'm going to wash my hands. I'm going to throw some water in my face. This is freshen up. A little bit overwhelming. Yeah. It was a guy sitting in the sink getting his dick sucked. What celebrities was, was a time? This is, oh. I don't know. Was it 20, was it? 2004? Was that a Tuesday or Saturday? No, oh, that was like a Saturday. Yeah. I was nice. in it. Celebrities I went, I went was a fucking time, man. It was a, I don't think it's the same. It, well, no, nothing's the same anymore. But, but back in that day, I remember like I used to go there for shows and stuff with like Dead Mouse and whatever. And like it was just like it was, it was kind of like our version of Studio 54 in New York, it where it was a, like a, just a free for all. So like, fun. so fun. Yeah, it was like the Wild Wild West back then, man. I guess I don't even know. Why do you think Vancouver got became so diluted? I don't know. I, I was honestly like, trying what, to think the, in my mind. Was, was there the riots? Was it was that the turning point? Was it? I don't know. I, I think it, it started before. Um, it started before when they when the city wanted to make the central like entertainment district. Gravel? And, yeah, and moved places that were all over downtown or just over the other side of the bridge to Granville. And you made these old fucking movie theaters, nightclubs, and they're all the same and there's no difference. Yeah. And then it just attracts people who just want to have a nightclub experience, not like an elevated or sophisticated or fun. Yeah. And until this year, you couldn't sit on a patio after a certain time. I mean, 
It's 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 older than the riots, which sucks. Yeah, it's it's kind of been. It could be so slow great. Vancouver could have been burn. so great. It's, it's still also can. like it's also like a tradition to shit on Vancouver nightlife. That's you like know. the longest running tradition, like in Canada. Really? Like it's known like across Canada as being the least fun city why? in yeah, the nation. Like why? I don't know. I think our drinking laws. Like I know, like in Montreal, you can leave the bottle on the table. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Like, I remember at one point, like... Um, it's also so fucking expensive to open a place here. So the yeah. barrier for entry, you have to have a lot of money. And that doesn't mean you're cool or have any concept. That just means you have enough money to open. Yeah. Right? So you have people who, like... People. Just, just, yeah, just <laughs> open a restaurant or open a nightlife spot who are lame. That's they true. think their friends are going to come, and then they think it. their friends are going to bring their friends. And it's like... You only, yeah. you only have so many friends and they can only go out so many days a week. Yeah. You can't, it's hard to rely just on that subset to have a successful business. Of course. Um, you know, I want to ask you, do you have a question for me? Well, no, I was going to get back to the original question. So nightlife was easy because I was just reading the room. Right. And getting out of that was easy because I just found a different thing to do. Um, and so the, the story of little kid with crazy parents Mom went on her healing journey when I was a little kid, mm -hmm. and that translated over the decades into her being uh, quite, quite a wonderful counselor herself with um, just a huge, I don't really need to get into that, um, but I, I went with her on that journey. Nice. We as would, an adult or as a kid? No, as a child. Yeah. Wow. We would go to like multi-day overnight workshops of like really like and this is like in the 90s when shit was like the wild west and real crazy with i was at a workshop where a motherfucker was crucified like Ooh. yeah like it was i was 11 years old eating breakfast i ate twizzlers and salad for like three days because it was it was a vegan like it was a vegetarian menu i'm like i don't know what any of these things are I yeah was, i was such a kid and there was a guy being crucified not like with nails like he okay was, was he like, was tied whoa, yeah he was tied to a cross um but I used to go to like meditation retreats with my mom where we'd be the only white people in the room. Um, so as she went on her journey, I went with her. Yeah. And I mean, the whole time you knew me, I was very much involved like with her and her world and like going to hear speakers, going to events. Like I've always been on my path. Yep. Um, so transitioning out of nightlife again was easy because I had back something. Into that full I had time. something to just to pull to you. do, yeah. To, yeah, to be in, to find meaning, and and what was a defense mechanism. I need to read the room became just a tool a, and a skill, a right? strength. Yeah. Um, and instead of thinking I needed to rescue the people around me, thinking it was my fault that my parents were fighting, I need to fix it. And you know, I said I was in a relationship I had no business being in. I was trying to rescue her. Right. I mean, how many times have you had Save the thought, complex. if I love you enough, you'll love yourself, and then you'll be able to love me. Right. That was me. I was running around doing that. You should have seen some of the girls I dated, Aki. Not because mm -hmm. of what they looked like, but because of where they were at in their lives. Yeah. Right. And my, you wouldn't be able to imagine that I dated a girl who had that kind of an addiction problem or yeah. that kind of an issue. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing? I was trying to rescue them. Right. I found an actual professional environment where I can help people. People ask me for help. Mm -hmm. And I can just let that part of me Surf out them. instead yeah. of running around with my head cut off. 
So that's the biggest difference where I'm at now to 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I was unbelievably insecure trying to fix everyone around me, thinking yeah. if you guys were just okay enough, then you'll like love me and you'll appreciate me and you'll value me and you'll tell me all of that. And you're getting your validation from And them. that'll be enough, right? Like yeah. That'll be good, right? Right. And now I don't need it from the outside because I get it from me. So oh. my next question, I was going to ask you, like, is there any advice you would give your younger self? Oh. It sounds like that's it. Um, well, you advice I would give younger me would be um, just to love and accept yourself. Yeah. But do you find that's easier said than done now yeah. as an older adult? <laughs> yeah. Like you can look back yeah. on it, like telling your 22 year old self, yeah, yeah just love yourself. You're like, shut the fuck self, up. Bro, Who the fuck are you? Accept yourself yeah. exactly as you are. He would spit on me. Exactly. He would say something mildly racist and homophobic. <laughs> um, it was a long time ago. I've grown. Yeah. I've grown a lot. Um, <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like you, you don't, we've, we've talked about this before. You don't know until you know. And like everyone's growth process is different. It takes different amount of time for different mm -hmm. people. But like I'd say the same thing. Like I look back at my 20 year old self and like that, I don't think I would be friends with that version of me. No, but you, you didn't have any friends who were in their early 40s? Yeah, yeah, you got okay. it. Okay. It's okay. People know. No, but like, but like really, when you were 20 years old, how many guys were you uh, hanging out with who were 20 years older than you? And none. And even if I did, I probably wouldn't listen to them. Right. Because I like thought I knew better. Yeah. I'm having well, fun. That's Fuck, the what thing do you know? Youth. Like, the, 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 the irony is the invincibility of youth is also like blinding you to the fact that you're going to grow and change. Like yeah. you feel a certain way right now about relationships. You feel disheartened about like the concept. Well, yeah, you're a young guy. You don't have enough life to have experienced that it changes and grows. Right. You've only had these kind of shitty relationships. So you think this is it. When you were 16 years old, you thought this is it. So I'm going to think and feel for the rest of my life. Fuck mm -hmm, this. Mm -hmm. And then you stop thinking like that. But not because you did anything, because your brain... You just lived more. Yeah, you've lived more and your brain's developing still. I mean, how old are you now? 23. Ooh. So you got another year and a half or so before your brain like, finishes <laughs> actually developing. That's and science. That's science. Thinking. And something happens in your mid-20s. It's not that like, things just start making more sense, except things just start making more sense because your brain's different. Right. And the more life you have... At least for me, the, the more I can remind myself, this too shall pass. Because everything else has. Yep. But I didn't know that at 20. So if I were to tell myself that, he wouldn't have had the, 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 anything for that to stick to. Yeah. That's well said. Like, I try to tell that to Nolan all the time, but I'm not articulate enough <laughs> to put it together like that. <laughs> but it's so true. Like, I look back and like this, like I... I just wouldn't have put it together. I just don't have, I didn't have the vernacular. I didn't have the experience or whatever the fuck. What you say? You don't, you don't have the glue yet. Oh, I thought you were making some sexual together. reference yeah. about coming. No, no, no. For no. <laughs> the first time, I'm like, no, no, I said it hasn't yeah. come together yet. You haven't yeah, yeah. got the glue. Yeah, exactly. The glue being life experience to put all these pieces together yeah. Yeah, to form a proper, I don't know, outlook on life. But yeah. Nolan is far beyond my years when I was his age. Like, I've never met a 23 year old that has his shit together. As well as he do. does. Well, he, he may claim in, he doesn't. In some, a lot of in some capacities. A lot of come everywhere. Yeah, yeah. that's both <laughs> But 20, like me, like <laughs> when I was your age, we, like we were like, we're completely different human beings. Like you are way more mature, way head on your shoulders, way more or grasp on reality. You know, obviously you're still young, that. but yeah, yeah. you're just like, that's why you, I always kind of talk about like the youth, like in kind of in like, like being like, fuck, I don't know, is the world getting worse? Da, 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 da. But people like you are the 
little glimmer of hope I have that the world's going to continue to get better. Mm. Although we've kind of like, in my opinion, taking a step back as a society in a lot of ways. And I'm worried that your generation of kids and like your, like when you have kids or if you want kids that, you know, I think it's going to be a struggle and it's going to be, we're going to be fighting against a lot more shit moving forward. If we don't kind of write the ship now, Yeah. but that's my two cents. Who knows? I love you. Appreciate you. Love you too, buddy. This is so great. Yeah, this yeah. is so great. Yeah, Should we all start with Jark? Okay. See, no. he, we, we have a moment, and I then he ruins it. He ruins it by doing something like yeah, that. Yeah, because people at home would be like, "Oh my god, it's so cringy, cringy," and then I throw in a little cum joke, and they're like, yeah. oh, "Okay, no." He's Honestly back. Vulnerability <laughs> is so cringy. Ugh. Yeah, gross. Exactly. That's yeah. a twenty-three-year-old there. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, there's yeah. your maturity yeah, coming yeah, through. Yeah, not, not the like circle jerk joke, but the yeah, the discomfort in silence. Yeah, just be quiet right now. On a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That's true. All right. Yeah. Let's just sit here in silence. No. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah. That's weird. For the listener. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Oh, wait. I'm not going to lie. There's something you said in it really. Oh, I don't know. You got I, chills? I cheered up there. Yeah. Bit. He's very yeah. deep. Very, very, very stoic. Deep. I don't know. How deep? Yeah. Here we go. Not stoic. Opposite of stoic. Is stoic not good? Stoic is when you're like very um, cold and not very like is emotional it? at all. Not necessarily. Really? Yeah, but we don't, I mean, that's okay. I don't know. Would you say what I... I thought stoic was like, from my understanding, was I wouldn't use that word to describe me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would At any that. capacity? I mean, like... It, I feel like stoic is very gloomy and how, how, gray. How into this are we going to get? Like, are we not gonna, like, super into down, that. Like, Marcus Aurelius definition. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like, that's what I like. Um... Sure, there's aspects of me, but like not that he's experienced, not that no, he's of course, of in course. this interaction. No. Um, yeah. I speak from experience uh, of age, 43 years on this fucking earth. <laughs> God damn it. 43 and still going, buddy. Yeah, hopefully another 42 or something. Fingers crossed. Something like that. Fingers crossed. I mean, you look really good. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah that's nice. Yeah. The shirt off. Yeah. How about this mustache? How do you feel no. about that? It's like I'm not. It's like kind of like faded yeah. in with the. I didn't with actually the, notice that. It see, was different. I right now the other subtle it like blends together, so it's good. Yeah, but imagine his face with just. I really the love the bouncing back and forth we're doing. Um, I've seen his face with just stash. Yeah, see, it's not a new thing. Oh, God. you should see me with a mustache. That's no, horrible. Nobody wants to. He's oh like God. he's like he has like a full beard. So do you actually? I have like I can't grow that. You can things. grow a full beard. No, no it's really. patchy as patchy. shit. Yeah, uh, you yeah. guys have like dense beards, like. Yeah. A forest, yeah. Like, oh, fuck yeah, like you put a comb through there and it could stick and not move. My comb would just. I don't. I don't put anything in my hair, by the way. Really? It just like waves like That's that on its own. Natural. That's natural. Nothing. No fucking. I, I wash way. it. Coconut I, oil. I wash it once a week. <gasps> once a week. It is. And I just do that. Once a week. Shut is that normal? Up. Yeah. It's usually actually, actually more I, than once I a week. go once a week too. Really? Well, because I'm like losing hair like crazy, so I I try to. Wait, washing yeah. your hair is bad for hair retention. Yeah. yeah. What? I, I Hot water? That's not why I have this luscious thick hair. It's not because of my washing practice. It's genetics. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, most shit's genetics. Good head on you, buddy. That's true. But what about like... Sure. It's my, sure, it's my sure fifth favorite feature. Oh. We <laughs> don't have enough What's time to go through that fucking fr- one through four. Oh, my God. No, my first is how humble I am. Oh, my God. Here we go. Second is humor. Yeah. Third is stoicism. No. Um, no. Third is my fucking rock hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I wish. <laughs> Tell me about it. That's the other thing with age. Yeah, <laughs> we, all, we all get old. How old are you now? Uh, 36. Fuck, you're a young pup. You're same, so you're the same age as Mensa, right? Are pretty uh, close? He's, he's a year or two older than me. 
How old were you when you got into nightlife? Uh, 18 in New Zealand. Wow. My first nightclub job, busing. Mm. Worked your way through the ranks. I think it's important to like, in almost every job, if you're going to be super successful, to kind of know every, oh, yeah. every oh, like, yeah. what every person in that Some of my success in restaurants came because I started as a dishwasher. Yep. At 15, I was a dishwasher. And you learn that, then you understand how that part of the kitchen mm-hmm. works. So when you walk in there, you know what that part of the kitchen does. Yeah, exactly. Really how important, important it is. And that's really one of the important. things I regret is not being able to have those experiences before coming into a role like now. Cause, and that's what I'm trying to do now is mm. understand all these different aspects so that at least later on, I know how the puzzle. Fits. You can take a busing shift, no yeah, problem. You can take a busing shift, no problem. I'll, I'll give, I'll I'll give like you one. So I'll observe it. <laughs> you you asked um, me a question. Did I work the door at House Guest? I did everything at House Guest. Oh. There were nights where I was in the kitchen with my sleeves rolled up. Wow. Um, but because that's, if that's what's required, that's required. That's yeah, what's exactly. required. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's a quiet night. There's not anything going on. There's one guy in the kitchen and a table of six walks in and you get fucked. I know where everything is in the kitchen. Mm. I know the menu inside and out. I'll, I'll help you. Absolutely. Um, and hostessing and busing, like you need to know how to do these things. Because um, how do you tell someone what to do if you don't know how to exactly. do it yourself? Exactly. That's exactly. it. Exactly. That is it. Exactly. That really, that really, uh, that really speaks volumes to like a, a leader. Like if they know how to do every single thing that every single employee knows how to do, exactly. that, that person you're telling, hey, this table needs to look like this, they're going to be like, they do know that the table needs to look like that versus like some Joe Blow saying, like, what the fuck do you know? You know what I mean? And that kind Absolutely. of full circles to some of the, the house guest stuff. Yeah, indeed. That's <laughs> what we do. That's what we do. All right. All right. Should we wrap it up? Yeah. Our yeah. fucking, our, our CEO just walked in, distracted us all with a bunch of weird yeah. old man shit. Showing us his dick. <laughs> no, there's no dick showing. I yeah. just wish there was some. Yeah. Okay. He's Once very wishful thinker. We're not going to talk about like life changing stuff. We ran out of, ran out of juice. Didn't we talk about it? You want to? We can talk all the time you want. Yeah. Fuck, let's yeah, keep what going. You okay. Fuck yeah. Okay. I'm enjoying um, this. You have notes? Wife, no, it's just your notes about, about like processes and things along the way. Is it his doodles? Um, <laughs> He's drawing over here. Because <laughs> like to get from where I was to now, yeah. it's, it's not Bunch just. Bunch more stuff. It's, it's not just um, like I read some books. Like you got to show up for yourself. You got to learn stuff yeah like it's it's yeah what was that process like for you painful enjoyable confusing what got how did you start um what well i grew up with it start? that's what i'm saying like right. i went along with my mom and she developed this practice in community that existed inside of like my living room mm-hmm. so like i walked downstairs to have like to just be in um, a healing state yeah and people mm. like really working on themselves i think it's one of the most courageous things for someone to put their hand up and say this isn't working i need some help mm-hmm. it's Absolutely. unbelievably courageous i struggle to cross the street for myself sometimes so to, to know that like i can't do this on my own i need some help right it's just fantastic do you find it i find it interesting sometimes that i mean i'm sure we've all done it i've given advice to friends i find it personally way easier to give like clear, distinct advice that's reasonable and easy to follow versus like use that own advice on myself. Because yeah. I guess if you're not emotionally, I guess when you add emotions into the mix, you can't it, it gets really fucked up. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, when, well I, would, I would describe that as when you're in the story, you can't see anything but the story. Yeah. Um, but when you're like 
like on well, it's easier to see it. someone else's shit than it is for them. Like you, you can't see your own shadow. Yeah, I mean, exactly. unless you can, like depending on like the time of day and yada yada yada. But like, that doesn't work for the metaphor. So you can't yeah. see your own shadow. Someone else, <laughs> someone else can. Yeah. Um, and you don't know what's back there until you find out. Mm. That's the other thing, um, which is fun. <laughs> so fun. Well, it can be like like, it's scary being vulnerable it's scary being willing to go to like places that what the fuck this feeling i don't like but that's growth yeah that's growth for you and that's and that's you know yeah like i want to know a little bit i want to know a little bit about what's going on with you and 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 the men and not like not let's unpack this shit yeah but like and be honest what i mean by that nolan what i mean by that isn't like superficial stuff um, we're going to get like right into it. What are you, what are you experiencing in relationships that's not working for you? Um, I can joke as much as I will on this podcast saying I'm very jaded. I'm very, you know, meeting shitty guys, blah, blah, blah. But when I think about it and when I reflect to myself in my day to day lives, I don't think it's a reflection of whoever I'm dating. I think it's a reflection of myself because I feel like I haven't been there for myself. And it was nice during COVID last two years, I got that break mm. from working all the time and being in school and all this type of shit where you can kind of see in what ways I wasn't showing up for myself and how I was spreading myself. You know, it's so easy in this industry to spread yourself so thin around everybody. Mm. I'm giving myself to every single person, you know? I'm sure you could, I'm sure you could relate. Mm-hmm. And I find in that process, you forget about yourself. And I find, found that that's what I was doing. And I just kept forgetting about myself. Mm. And so... I'm in the process now of, you know, entertain people here and there and guys or whatever and trying to, you know, at least have some fun. Yeah. But I also understand that, like, I need to, f- like, work on completing myself and, like, being there for me first. Nice. Instead nice. of having to. Nice. Um, my issue was finding someone else to fill my own holes. Not literal. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, it's, yeah, not literal. Exactly. But um, that's, that's, where, that's my mindset on it now. Like, I feel like I'm not, I've reached a stage where I'm also not ready yet to share myself yet in yeah. that way with somebody. Okay. I'm not ready. Like, I'm not the person I want to be as a partner to somebody. Right. So okay. that's my process now. Yeah, I joke on my thing about, um, on my podcast with Akio about how these guys are fucking me over, but I don't, like, that's not what it is. It's right. like, it's it's just uh, yeah that's yeah i i just it actually just clicked <clears throat> what you were saying about him and your perception of him and his in his maturity cuz fuck me man that is a very like there was nothing that i could have said to you that is more important than what you actually just explained thank you these relationships are a reflection of how i feel about me mm-hmm. yes yes that's all it is they're a fucking mirror reflecting back how Nolan exactly. feels about Nolan. Exactly. And you got, I'm not saying you, because you clearly get this, but at some point you had your finger pointed out going, these fucking guys, they blah, 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 blah. I'm not doing that for me. Fuck that. So it's not about them. It's all about yourself. Yeah. It's all about yourself. It's all about yourself. And not in a selfish way, in, in, a, in a self-loving way. Exactly. If you're looking for someone out there to fill a hole figuratively or in some cases literally if that's what you're into and i I fully support that (laughs) there's no amount of filling that'll ever be enough exactly it'll never end hopefully it'll just keep mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> It'll just keep the process, the cycle just keeps on going. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you aren't able to look at yourself internally, you're never going to be able to fully be there for somebody else. And that's my problem. I, I, I feel like I have a very tainted um, view of myself mm. in terms of like confidence. And what really got me was what you said earlier about um, making sure other people are happy, which in turn, hopefully they'll think, you know, yeah. they'll, they'll love me enough, that I can love me enough. You know, if I make you really, really happy and you give me that validation, maybe I'll be able to love myself just yeah. as much. You know? Yeah. That's what got me because that's such a, such a big reflection of what I, or not reflection, but such an accurate depiction of like my last three years yeah. and what that's been like because I don't know, maybe from my childhood, maybe from something earlier, I don't know, but there's a lack of confidence there. There's a lack of self-love that I don't think I have for myself and I found and with making other people happy, making people, you know, super drunk at a club and making sure that they love me on social media and, and um, you know, outside in clubs and restaurants, whatever, that that somehow internally makes me feel better. Yeah. Or is making up for that void. I get it. Yeah. That's whole filling. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. The, Whoa. Yeah. So <laughs> the answer to the question is it comes from your childhood. Mm-hmm. It comes from... <laughs> this is so much fun. So... From zero to six and a half for girls, zero to seven for boys, we're developing up to a million neuropathways a second. I'm going to say that again. That's a lot. Um, up to a million neuropathways a second. Wow. So this little thing that you think is just sitting there, its brain is growing so fucking rapidly, it's absorbing everything happening around it. Everything. And it's, the, it's the, just this massive amount of growth, and it's absorbing so much information. No moral compass, by the way, just information. This is how dad talks to mom. This is how mom talks to dad. This is how this interaction happens. So that interaction happens. No moral compass. So if it's chaos and, and a nightmare, that's just what the program becomes. It. So from zero to six and a half, a million neural pathways a second. That same child isn't capable of being cynical. Little kids aren't capable of saying, I don't think my dad's doing a good job today. Right. They don't know how to do that. That mm-hmm. part of their brain doesn't exist yet. So you're one of these little people whose brain is growing so fast, it's crazy, experiencing not getting your most basement attachment needs met. Your most basic, let me say that again, your most basic attachment needs met. Mm-hmm. Most of us in, in this society were raised by behaviors parents. My love is conditional on your performance. Absolutely. That sentence might not have ever been said, but most of us felt it. Absolutely. So you are a child whose brain is developing at such rapid speed without the ability to say to yourself, I don't think my dad's doing a good job today. The only thing that makes sense is I'm not good. If I was good, then this person I worship, this person I want their affection, their attention, their proximity would want to be with me. Kid doesn't understand that dad's got his own life and all the shit that's in it. Kid doesn't understand that mom's dealing with postpartum and the stress of dad and all that, blah, blah, blah. Kid just thinks, I'm wrong. I'm not enough. Well, that kid internalizes that and grows up into a young man. And he keeps on having relationships where he feels, if I can just love you enough, then you'll be okay, and then you can love me. Because mm-hmm. you think you need to do something because you think you're inadequate. It's always my fault. Always your fault. Mm-hmm. And all of us are walking around like that. That's the fucking sad irony. All of us are walking around with some version of that story 
and we just bump into each other and point fingers and say, she's a bitch, he's a fucking asshole, and then we move on and repeat the same dynamic with no healing. Exactly. The whole point of, of having these experiences is to learn and grow, is to heal the original trauma of that little kid. We're running around as adults playing dress up. It's, it's five-year-olds running around this adult world pretending that we're highly functioning people when we're just desperately trying to get that thing we didn't get from our parents because they didn't know how to give it to us. That's the other thing, Nolan. I don't want to make it sound like I'm throwing anyone's parents under the bus. No, of course. My parents did the absolute best they could. Your parents did the best they could. Your parents did the best they could. But who taught them? And what world did they come from? Right. I mean, they came from a world just like third world country. Yeah. You know, for them growing up wasn't. It was survival. Um, it was survival. Exactly. It was survival. It's crazy. So we're all at the effect And there was that. like 20 other siblings that to take care of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nuts. Each of them, both brothers and sisters, 12, on <clears throat> both sides. So how do you expect our parents to understand? When do they have time? When did your parents have time to sit you down and say, we love you unconditionally now forever and for always, no matter what you ever say, think, or do? Mm-hmm. When did your parents have time to do that? They didn't even know to do that. Because they never got it. Because when the fuck did their parents say mm-hmm. Exactly. That's their norm. Yeah, it's fucking, uh, you know, packed quite a lot there. Yeah. I mean, I'll, how do you even break that cycle, though? Like, I guess, our, like, our, when we have, when you, like, you're going to, like, obviously parent, I mean, I don't want to make assumptions here, but, like, is your parenting style going to be a bit different than? Drastically. Yeah. But not in spite of my parents. I want to make that clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My parenting style isn't going to be different in spite of them. It'll be different because of them. Yeah. Because I got to see the best that they had to offer. Mm-hmm. and. They never stop learning. Um, so you get a microwave that comes with a manual. Babies don't come with manuals. Like the help that I'm going to get at the hospital after they help like catch this baby mm-hmm. is a nurse is going to show me how to put on diapers two or three times, maybe. And my wife's going to get like a long talk about like how to help the baby latch. And you're on your own. Yeah, then, it's, then it's YouTube. And then, yeah, or it's, yeah, but that's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. It's supposed to be, you know, the mothers, the tribe. Yeah. Um, so, fortunately, there's way smarter people in the world than me who, who have written the quote-unquote manual. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone that's listening who's, who's a parent or who plans on being a parent or whomever at some point in their life was a child would really benefit from... Um, there's a guy in Vancouver named uh, Dr. Gordon Newfeld, and his website, I think, is the newfeldinstitute.com. And he used to give lectures all over the Lower Mainland and all over Canada on attachment parenting. He wrote a book with Gabor Mate, Hold On to Your Kids. Um, what does that mean, attachment parenting? It's, well, attachment <clears throat> parenting is the understanding that your birthright as a child is to be loved unconditionally. Right. Period. And the point of parenting isn't to shape and mold. Um, it's more of a gardener to, to clean and prune, to give your kid a chance to grow deep roots of attachment and grow into a mature functioning adult. So I'm going to do it differently than my parents because I have just a shit ton of resources that they didn't have. Mm-hmm. My mom met uh, Dr. Neufeld in 1986 when he was just a young guy, you know, developing his theory at UBC. She's been studying with him 36 years 35 years and he's found a way to distill his information into 
courses available online because he doesn't have the time to travel anymore. Um, so like that's one way of breaking breaking that 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 just habituated pattern mm-hmm. of your love is contingent on your performance. Um, but theory isn't enough. You gotta you gotta work on you. You gotta do what Nolan said, which is get to a place of actual self love and self acceptance. Yeah. Because you can't love someone more than yourself. If you, if you have a child, if you have a child and you haven't gotten to a place of actual, true, deep self-love, um, are either of you familiar with Brene Brown? No. Oh, okay. Ooh, this is fun. So Brene Brown, um, I'm not going to, doesn't matter. She's got a ton of stuff if you're into it and you don't know who she is, check her out. One of her books, uh, one of her um, stories that she tells is you can't love a kid more than you love yourself. You can't love anyone more than you love yourself. And she says, inevitably, someone in the audience goes, it's not true. I love my daughter more than me. Mm-hmm. So the story Brene gives is your 13-year-old kid comes home from school crying. And she says, mommy, Brene's story, so I'm going to stick with it. I'm not going to j- change the genders. Um, she says, mommy, the, the, I ate lunch by myself in the bathroom. None of the kids were nice to me, and I cried all day. And Brene says, there's two ways of handling that situation. If you love yourself, you then you, then you don't see yourself in that child in that moment. You don't see your trauma on that child. You just see your child in front of you. Which is what I mean when I say if you love yourself. You're not projecting your traumas onto the kid. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you are in a place where you can actually be with the kid and say, that must have been really hard. Tell me about it. Option one. Option two, most people, well, did you wear your hair the way I told you to and, get the, and wear the new jeans that I got you? They make the kid wrong. Because they were that kid themselves when they were 13. And they were so uncomfortable being anywhere near that feeling of being exactly. discarded, being on the outside, being made fun of. It's so uncomfortable for them to experience it that they, they just want the kid to change so I don't have to feel that. Right? Are you saying that most people, parents are choosing option two? Yeah. Really? Yeah. For me, when it's I just heard that story, like, I'm automatically leaning toward, towards option one. Right. And without the context of being a parent and, yeah. and seeing someone that looks like you experiencing traumas that you experienced. Yeah. That's what I mean when I say in theory, mm. it's great to have this information, yeah, yeah. but you still have to work on you. Totally. I know a shit ton about childhood brain development, but that doesn't mean anything until I meet my kid. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I understand the stages, like every six months, this is what happens. Yeah. This is where it's at at two and a half. This, I get all that. Yeah. I really do. That's all theory. Yeah. How am I going to act on day seven of the kid not really sleeping, which means I'm not really sleeping. Like, yeah. if I'm under-resourced and all these things are coming up that are overwhelming and I feel inadequate, imagine I'm standing there holding my child, feeling inadequate. I don't know how to do this. I don't right. know how I'm going to get through it. How am I going to keep on paying for this? How am I going to figure out breakfast in three hours? Oh my God, it's breakfast in three hours. What am I? My insecurities are just pouring into this child that I'm right. holding. Yeah. How do you break the cycle? You work on those insecurities. And I'm not saying any of this is conscious either, Aki. I'm not mm-hmm. saying, well, some of those thoughts might be in those moments. But we have something like 70,000 independent thoughts a day. And over 90% of those are subconscious. You don't even notice them. It's just a steady drumbeat of whatever is going on in your life or has been. Insecurities. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. They don't like you. You have to change who you are when you walk in the room so they like you. Just, ugh, that's constantly happening in the background. You don't even hear it. But that's just the rhythm of, of the noise. How do you help your kid? You work on that. 
solid advice. Absolutely. But again, it sounds like it's like all like theory and... And it's not easy at yeah. all. I don't want to make it sound like, no, just work on your life, bro. Read this book, read that book. Yeah. <laughs> Get it you done. Know, do this breath work, do that breath do work, good. <laughs> and you're fine. No, it's, it's... It's a continual process. It's, it's a lifetime. And then when you're in it, like you said, like you may be exhausted because you're not sleeping. You may be, you know, you're looking at your kid and you have an emotional attachment to this little human you created. And everything that you're saying pre, like right now, from education, resources, whatever you want to call it, you understand. But then you throw in actual situational yeah. shit. Yeah. Different things, different things are going to be evoked and kind of maybe get, it's easier for those emotions and insecurities to come to the surface because... You're in that moment. That's life, though. That's life, though. Yeah. So that's why you work on you. And that's why I would tell me at 20, just be you at 20. Yeah. Don't be in a rush to be anywhere else. Yeah. Because you're going to be somewhere else. That's the beauty. You're always going to be somewhere else. Nolan, every single time you've said, this is the worst fucking day ever, you woke up the next day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's literally never been something so big that you haven't been able to handle it. Nothing so traumatic that just took you over and destroyed you. You've been hurt. You've got some scars. Dudes, dudes fucking love scars, bro. <laughs> True. Nothing has ever actually taken you out. You're still standing. Mm-hmm. Still here, buddy. Still here. That, that, that would be the advice I'd give to the kid because the kid at 20 made it through that 20 years before. And wow, that wasn't easy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> high school. Yeah. That's a whole other podcast. Right? Oh, if, if you're one of those people that says high school is the best time of your life, fuck you. Fuck I you. loved it. I loved high school. Oh, You're just out. Yeah. You're, just, you're too close to it. Yeah. No, I loved it. <laughs> you, like, it was like six years ago, bro. It was like yeah, five, it was years five years ago. That's like, like, come on. <laughs> Give it a little like, sample if size. There's it's kids too in small. grade 12 who were there when you were in grade eight. No, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're still in school. <laughs> like, you still have friends in high school? No. Would you stop by and say what up to your kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Too it's too soon. Yeah. Wow. No, I emceed my teacher's wedding, so I still stay very close to them. Okay, well, that's a very unique high school experience. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very unique. I'll tell you that. Man, I've emceed a bunch of weddings, but never at teachers. My high school, two of them got married, and me and my best friend emceed their wedding. That's cute. Two of my high school English teachers were at my sister's wedding that I emceed. And I was so fucking nervous to stand in front of them. Your teachers? Yeah. From like when I was like 14. Like I wasn't nervous about talking to the, in front of the family. But like my two teachers at table 10. Make sure my grammar's on point. Yeah, it was tough. It was yeah, tough. I bet. Well, both my sister and her husband are PhDs. So oh, I had to make sure the grammar was on point. Right. Oh, yeah. That yeah. sounds like a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. As it is. Smart family. Yeah. Too smart. Great family. Too smart. Great hair. Great. He has all Great the, he has everything going for him. <laughs> Well, I want to thank you for coming on and, so and sharing your, that. like, I mean, this, this knowledge is, like, it's, it's, it's so interesting for me personally because I've known you from hospitality. Yeah. And then I just know you, like, we, like obviously we've lost a little bit of touch because of, you know, circumstance, but I'm so happy to hear where you are in life and it sounds like you're doing some good shit. Congrats on the fucking marriage. Congrats on the baby. Wish yeah. you nothing but happiness and success. And, you know, we have, we'll have to have, probably have to have you come back on in a year or two, like, to see, like, so how did all that research well, we can, we can and stuff go on? We can do this every couple weeks. For, I would love for to. Can, I would yeah. love to. Oh, my goodness. I would love to. I might let you guys do that Absolutely. on your own time. I, I've, <laughs> yeah, own I've, already, I've already unpacked this for, like, two years. So oh, yeah. Okay. You have some catching <laughs> up to do. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, I thank you so much for coming on. This is. Thanks for having me. I think one word I would describe this, power, this podcast as is powerful. Ooh. I think that's a good Powerful. word to describe this podcast. Mm-hmm. 
right? Yeah, stoic. Or stoic. <laughs> I'm just joking. Or schlong. 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 Powerful schlong. Powerful schlongs. That's yeah. what we'll call it. Oh, my oh God. My God. No okay, so if the three of us ever do a podcast together, it's called Powerful Schlongs. The name of this will be Powerful Schlongs. No. Oh, the name of this episode. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's funny. TBD. Oh, you mean like if we do a podcast together? Yeah. Like if like it, you guys have PNC. Yeah. If the three of us ever develop our own thing, it's going to be powerful schlongs. Okay. I fully understood what you said. I'm sorry I you had it. to unpack it like that to help my friend <laughs> Nolan out here understand what's going on right now. Yeah, he's oh, he's right. conflicted. Something that I've wanted to make fun of you for since Who, me? No, him. Oh, him. I'm looking at you, but I'm pointing at yeah. him since February, since Mensa's thing came out. Because I've listened to a, I've listened to a bunch of your episodes. Oh, thank Couldn't you. listen to the fucking Teddy episode. That was too much for me. <laughs> Teddy Kim. <Yeah. laughs> um, he is a lot. He's a lot. Um, the start of the episode, over under, how many times he checks his phone. This guy's like, "What's over under? That's not a thing." Yeah. Oh, we have to teach him a lot. He's young. Remember, he's twenty years younger than me. These like, are references that you guys use in your heyday. Okay. No, it's a gambling reference that is like forever. Twenty one, babes. Twenty twenty one. Let's end it there. <laughs> Wrap this shit up. <laughs> All right, guys. It's been a brand new episode of PNC. You can find us at PNC underscore podcast or our personals at Nolan Prasad and at Kiyokaya. Don't forget to thumb us on Spotify and podcast and stay tuned every Wednesday for a brand new episode. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Ciao. Pulling out the coupe at the lot. Tony fuck 12, fuck swat. Buzzing all the bells out the box. I just hit a lick.